Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during the games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online betting needs. Visit the website today or your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. You can bet on the current futures. You can even already bet on the Rookies of the Year for the NBA and the 2021-2022 NBA Championship. Lakers 3 to 1, Brooklyn Nets 13 to 4. Go to betonline.ag or use the mobile app and hit Bet Online. Your online sports betting experts. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Glosco. Another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Sky Glosco, S K Y G U A S C O. And on Instagram, you can find us as well, Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod. We got a special guest, two guests today, and we're breaking down again the team previews. We're going to kick off in the AFC North. And we've got the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. We have two special guests today. We have Kelly Singh joining us, and we also from Phoenix, Arizona. And we also have Brett Kerwood coming all the way from Nottingham, England, a part of the Quick Snap crew who we had on for our 200th episode. Ari and Tom a long time ago, but we're 400 plus now, and we're back with the Quick Snap. Crew, so we're going to bring them in. Kelly's been doing some work with the Commish crew, who you are all very familiar with here on the TCK Pod, and we're going to bring them in in just a second. Before I get started, though, we are breaking down the Ravens and the Browns once again. If you have not tuned in to the rest of our team previews, please dial it back on the podcast. Here we've gone through nearly every division at this point, and we've covered more than half of the league. And what I've tried to do for this series and what we're doing today is I'm trying to bring in fantasy analysts, but of fans of certain teams. I've mentioned it a few times, but y'all know I'm a 49er fan. So it's it's fun to kind of wear the fan hat and the fantasy analyst hat as well. Because as fantasy analysts, a lot of times we have to push that aside. But in this series, we're able to have a little bit more fun, root for our guys, talk about our team, big up the squad, and bring some fantasy value uh, as well. So without any further ado, let me bring in our two guests today once again. Kelly Singh from Phoenix, and my man Brett Kerwood all the way from Nottingham, England. Brett, it is great to have you across the pond, my man. And Kelly, uh, it's been a long time coming. You and I have actually done some work with the Commish crew, but now you're finally making your debut on the uh, TCK pod. So I appreciate you both coming in. Thank you very much. Kelly, let's start with you. Tell uh, TCK Potters a little bit about yourself and where we can find all your works. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, by trade, I work in sales and marketing. And so fantasy football has been a hobby of mine. I've taken that hobby and gone a little extra step this year doing some work with the Commish crew. You can find us at thecommishbrand.com, where I have lifestyle articles versus analyst type articles. But I'm here to talk about my team. 
Excellent. Excellent. Very excited to have you on. Finally, uh, we got connected a while back through the commission crew. And uh, of course, we love all those boys, but um, great to have you on their squad. And you have done an excellent job both on the mic and also in your articles. So very happy to have you uh, part of the episode today. And Brett, my man, all the way across the pond, uh, we have started to to build our um, our UK, our, our English fan base and and uh family here on the tck pod we have a few loyal listeners shouts out to our girl megan of course um big big tck pod follower and supporter she actually plays american football over there as well um and then of course with the quick snap crew and we've also had a couple other guys come on over the years from the uk um i had a great trip to london a few years ago so love it as well but brett it's a pleasure to have you on today too my man and clearly decked out in the Browns gear. I had to rep the uh, Browns cap tonight and uh, I've got the Justin Tucker Jersey behind me for the Ravens. So trying to rep everybody, Brett, it's a pleasure to have you, man. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. Um, yeah. You should come back to London sometime. You should come for the, uh, Oh, I will. Games. I... It... Oh, you come on. Oh, oh, my man. Yeah. So I went uh, quick digression right before the pandemic hit about, well, six months or so the summer before the pandemic hit, in 2019, my family and I went out to London, and then we hit Stockholm, Sweden, which is absolutely phenomenal, and Amsterdam as well. And we had plans to come back, but then the pandemic hit and everything shut down, yada, yada. So as things open up, hopefully in 2022, I will be back uh, to London. But I've got some good family and friends over there, some fantasy football people now as well. So I will absolutely be back to England as soon as possible. So appreciate you jumping on, man. Let's have some fun, and we'll get right into this. Again, breaking down the Ravens and the Browns for fantasy purposes. Kelly, I would love to start with you if you're okay with that, and let's get right into it. We'll start at the top here. So uh, we'll go Lamar Jackson. We'll get Brett's thoughts and, and my thoughts as well, and we'll just kind of work our way down here. Um, Lamar Jackson, MVP in 2019, comes back last year and certainly still absolutely dominant, but not really until the second half of the season, which I thought was Strange, a little bit frustrating in the in the first part of the season, but dominant in the second half of the season. There, um, can we expect Lamar to turn back the clock and get back to 2019? In which case, he would probably be a value in fantasy drafts right now. Or do you think maybe you know we're looking at more of a run game approach and all those kind of things here with the Ravens? No, I actually don't predict a run game approach this year. I it's definitely going to be there. Obviously, he's Lamar. He's known for his rushing. He's one of the best rushers in the NFL. Um, but with the amount of attention that the Ravens coaching staff is putting into their receiving, I find it hard to believe that they're not working on that passing game and making it more of a weapon. Absolutely. And last year, so Lamar threw 10 fewer touchdowns in 2019. 20 than he did in 2019 and he averaged about 208 yards or less in 12 of his 15 games so obviously that's a huge depletion in his work so rushing remains to be his main source of fantasy points over the final five weeks of the season though he averaged right. uh, about 161 passing yards per game and threw 11 touchdowns and rushed for 430 yards so again the rushing is going to be his floor um are, do you have any hesitancy Drafting him as a top three to five quarterback, obviously kind of Dak is in the mix, depending on your settings. Rodgers, maybe even Watson might be in the mix. But right now it's basically Mahomes, Allen, Kyler, 
maybe Dak, and then usually it's it's Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. Are you comfortable drafting him up there in, as a top three to five quarterback this season? Yeah, definitely. I just want to kind of touch back on what you were talking about the second half of the season, season two. Also, that wasn't just Lamar. We saw that with um, our running backs with J.K. Dobbins. He had issues until the second half of the season. Uh, Hollywood didn't pick up until the second half of the season. So it was almost like uh, things weren't really gelling at all until the second half of the season. I don't think we're going to see that this year, though. And I think I personally would have zero issues drafting Lamar as a top three <laughs> quarterback. Um, and in the leagues that I'm in, I've drafted in about five leagues this year. And it's really been between Allen, Kyler, and um, Lamar. So yeah. okay. Um, I would say you have an excellent, you'll have an excellent season should you choose Lamar as one of your top quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm willing to to bank on the bounce back as well. Over that span in the second half of the season, he uh, averaged 27, about 28 fantasy points per game, which is weak winning on average. So I'm I'm in on Lamar as well. Brett, are you also feeling the bounce back for Lamar Jackson, or do you think that he might sputter again in 2021? Uh, I'm feeling bounce back. I think I have to agree he's top three. I'd put him at least third. Um, yeah, Kyle. I had Kyler in a draft. I think I had in a league with you uh, last year, and he kind of underperformed for me. So mm -hmm. if the chances there, I'd take Lamar probably uh, as quarterback three in the drafts. Um, okay, so, behind so I would imagine. Now, so. Yeah, I would imagine you both have Patrick Mahomes number one. So if you're saying top three, then who would you have as number two? Is it Josh Allen or Kyler Murray? I like personally Kyler have Kyler Murray, but that okay. could be biased being in Phoenix. Sure, sure, sure. Fair <laughs> enough. And Brett, Brett you too? Uh, no, I, I would have gone Josh Allen. Josh Allen, okay. Connection. Yeah, Stefan Diggs connection. If Cole Beasley's there, who knows? But currently it's Josh Allen for me. There you go, and and Emmanuel Sanders coming in as well, and um, I think Gabriel Davis takes a big takes a big jump there as well. All right, so we're all in on Lamar for twenty twenty one. No real surprise there, but I think like when you're at the top for your quarterbacks, especially in super flex, or if you're waiting to that third, fourth round, fifth round in in redraft leagues um, for single quarterback, you got to make a move there. And I think people are a little gun shy on on Lamar Jackson, but I also agree that I am in. Kelly, why don't you take us through the running backs here, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Yeah, of course. I think exactly what you said. People are gun-shy on Lamar, which I feel like makes them gun-shy on the rest of the star players. They're worried that they're not going to get the touches that they need. But Dobbins um, and Gus Edwards are leading the pack, obviously, with Mark Ingram going to Houston. Um, Edward, Edwards is going to get a lot more touches than he did last year. He was clutch coming in and making some really big plays. Personally, one of my favorite players to watch. Mm -hmm. I am on the bus. <laughs> I think he's a great value for anybody. However, J.K. Dobbins, uh, man, he is just on fire, especially the second half of the season. He scored, I think, all, if not most of his touchdowns in that second half of the season. So um, people 
fade him out, say maybe Sanders might be a better pick, but I'm still on board with Dobbins. I agree. Quick notes on uh, Gus Edwards at all before we move on to our, our thoughts there. Just get on the bus. He's clutch. He makes the plays when they're needed. I agree. I am, uh, I'm good with Dobbins. I am also good with um, Gus Edwards. I think Gus Edwards might be – J.K. Dobbins is worth the value, but Gus Edwards I think might be a nice value pick later right. in your drafts here, which I'm going to be – I'm going to be looking forward to there. So we'll see what happens. Um, J.K. Dobbins, he had a great rookie year. Like a lot of these guys, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, you know, a lot of these guys. And um, he did, he scored nine touchdowns, as you mentioned, um, six yards per carry. So obviously very effective in that offense there. The Ravens led the league in rush attempts. No surprise there. They've had back-to-back thousand-yard rushing seasons from somebody, unfortunately for fantasy owners and running backs, that is Lamar Jackson. Um, so, you know, he only saw he's only saw 10 touches per game starting in week six. Obviously, that'll happen earlier this season. Um, if he can get that workload for 14 to 15 plus games, assuming he stays healthy, uh, I think we can see a big bust um, or a big boom, I should say, uh, for J.K. Dobbins. And um, just 152 touches last year. So if we can get that to 220, something like Belkow back, he's going to be a beast. And then Edwards, he's had a minimum 133 carries, 711 rushing yards, and five yards per carry over his three yards years in the NFL. So clearly he is involved. Um, but this is going to be a, a committee-ish, but it's definitely Dobbins with Edwards sparing. My concern with Dobbins potentially, nobody's got any pass work they don't have like a passing downs back in in baltimore but i'm a little concerned with lamar jackson being the you know like kyler murray being the goal line back um but also gus edwards who's very efficient there as well so jk dobbins should get work he should be great inside the 20s but i'm a little bit concerned in the red zone as well brett how do you feel about jk dobbins and gus edwards um well i kind of missed a little bit of that unfortunately so apologies about that um, I'd have, I was going to figure that J.K. Dobbins maybe cracks a thousand yards this year. Um, nice. Hope I, I hope he does. Um, it'd be nice to see a young running back like him, or maybe DeAndre Swift, crack a thousand after what happened to uh, Cam Akers. Uh, Edwards will get most of the touches around the goal line ish. So, but yeah, I think Dobbins will figure as running back one for the Ravens if Lamar isn't like having a good rushing game, shall we say. I but agree. And I don't think that'll have to happen. Fair. And if you end up um, with a quote-unquote zero RB start to your draft, if that just happens to happen the way your draft falls to you, uh, Kelly, would you be comfortable with Gus or excuse me, J.K. Dobbins as your running back one? Right now he's going more of like you know a mid to back end RB2. Um, would you be okay, though, if you had maybe, let's say, a top end tight end a stud wide receiver or two, and then you get J.K. Dobbins as your RB1. Are you comfortable with that heading into the season? Yeah, I am comfortable with that, especially as we talked about with Ingram. There's just less to choose from at this point as far as depth. So I feel like he's going to get more touches. And um, just like we were talking about on the goal line, Brett mentioned that Gus is going to handle that. Right. I agree there. And – uh, any other thoughts here on the running backs from either of you two before we move on to the wide receivers? 
No. <laughs> no, let's do it. Not for me. All right. All right. Marquise Brown um, and Rashad Bateman, who I think is kind of taking the fantasy world by storm. I know that I love him and, and many others do as well. And they bring in Sammy Watkins as well. Um, they drafted two other wide receivers last year. Um, they have a lot of bodies in Baltimore, but again, there's not a lot of pie to go around. Um, so how do we feel about Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman? And if you want to mention Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins as well. I mean, Hollywood, we had such high hopes. We're like, this is going to be amazing. However, if we look at last year, he barely caught half of his targets. That was frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, and he saw, um, I looked this up, 39% of the Raver Ravens targeted air yards. Mm -hmm. He's getting, which is like um, in the top three in the league, I believe. Yeah, that's huge. So Absolutely. He's, he's getting the biggest piece of the pie, yet he's catching not very many of them. So I, I would love to see more out of Hollywood. It was disappointing. It's clear in his ADPs, definitely being faded hard, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is sad because I'm sure he's a great he's a great player. But as a mom, can I throw this in here? Like personally, I feel <laughs> like he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm great. I'm the best. And then it just kind of went to his head. That's yeah. how I view it as a yeah. human. <laughs> yeah, and that's. I think that's totally fair. And honestly, unfortunately, he is a great player and he has some huge opportunities. We saw it opening day um, last year, two years ago, maybe two years ago uh, against the Miami Dolphins where, you know, first like three plays of the game were deep shots to him. I mean, he has that ability. Uh, unfortunately, again, you mentioned his his catch rate is only 58%. That's not yeah. going to cut it for yeah. any wide receiver, let alone the number one on the team, especially when they, you know, are last in the league in pass attempts. You have to make the most of that opportunity when you get any pass attempts uh, from Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, yards per oh. target were under eight as well. So, again, not that deep threat necessarily that you thought. Um, and that dropped in 2020 from his rookie season. He had 64% catch rate and uh, 8.2 yards per target. So he went down significantly in both categories from his rookie season to last year in 2020. We hope for a bounce back there. Yeah, for sure. But if we don't get a bounce back, I honestly would not be surprised to see Bateman um, be the most consistent receiver for the Ravens. I actually would love to see that. It would be very exciting for the team, I think, to have somebody really break out. They're, they're looking for that star receiver. It, it's just been a long time coming. Um making Bateman their first pick is definitely a signal saying we're going to be passing, get ready. He's going to be catching. <laughs> and I mean, he was averaging 20 plus yards per reception in college over his career. I would love to see that translate uh, to the Ravens. That would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I think Rashad Bateman could be the, could be the wide receiver one. Uh, before too long. I just think I the agree. consistency will be there. I think he's going to be the first downs guy. I think he's going to be the possessions guy and has the, the ability to take the top off. Whereas I think Hollywood might be better if he's just not a boom bust Deshaun Jackson type, but like more, you know, deep down the field more consistently, yeah. I think is probably yeah. going to be best for him. 
I exactly see the same thing. If he's open down there deep, it's going to be that pass, that magic catch that we've seen and get excited about. But as far as consistency, it's definitely going to go with Bateman. You mentioned uh, Watkins. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about the addition of Watkins. Um, it was kind of confusing to me. He's it's not exciting to me at all. I'm actually more excited about having Tylen Wallace. That could be a real oh, yeah for the Ravens. So I don't have too much to say um, at about Watkins. If you look at uh, rosters, I pulled up this little nugget. 90% of people have Watkins on their roster. 86% have Tylen Wallace. So it's almost like... <laughs> There's there's people that are like, hey, I might take this risk for a while. Yeah, yeah, and and I know that you're, I know that your boys on the commission side are, you know, Josh is a big fan um, of Tyler Wallace coming out, and and I am too. Again, I just think that there's only so much to go around. And Rashad Bateman, to me, proto is the prototypical number one wide receiver, big body, makes big plays in Minnesota. I think he's going to be the one, and then Hollywood Brown, I think, is going to be best as a number two. Although he was drafted as a number one, um, so I agree there. Again, the Ravens though averaged the fewest passing yards per game uh, last year, just 171. So that's clearly not going to get it done. Quick nugget on Sammy Watkins, which everybody already knows, but I will remind you that he missed six games in 2020, right? But he has missed at least that many games in three of the last five seasons. So unfortunately, we all know the talent is there. We all know the first-round pedigree is there from years ago with Buffalo, but we just haven't seen him stay healthy. Now, if he can stay healthy as a number three and Rashad Bateman takes that step to number one in, say, week four to six, and Hollywood Brown's a number two, Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. I tell people this all the time. Like He won the Heisman Trophy at Louisville, not because he was the best runner in college <laughs> football, but because he was also the best throwing quarterback in college football as well. And I think if they were to upgrade his opportunity, throw the ball with better weapons, he'll be just fine. And, of course, we'll get to Mark Andrews in just a second, but another great weapon. Uh, Brett, can you jump in on the wide receivers here really quick, man? Just your thoughts on Hollywood Brown, Bateman, Watkins, anybody else in Baltimore? Um, I think it was you. That, did you say that Bateman, you'd figure to be wide receiver one sometime soon? I, I think he'll take over eventually, personally, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the same opinion because I think whilst Hollywood Brown has been like good, I don't think he can, he can reach his like that next level for me. And I think my, um, I think Rashad Bateman can actually do that with Lamar Jackson in that offense. Because um, I had, well, I had him as wide receiver four. So to get him at, was it 31 or 27 on draft night? I think he it looks was, like uh, Rashad was Bateman was 27, 27. Yeah, to get him there um, on draft night was a very good pickup. I said it was one of the best picks in the first round. They needed a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. um, Marquise Brown, this is, his, I think, make-or-break season. Otherwise, he's just going to get lost in the rotation. Um, Sammy Watkins, uh, he's going to be in my starting lineup for week one. And then, you know... <laughs> Kind of, yeah, kind of the Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson. You put Deshaun Jackson and Sammy Watkins in your lineup for week one, they go off, and then you <laughs> probably you probably cut them after that. That's fair. Absolutely. All right. Any other any other thoughts on the wide receivers for Baltimore before we get into Mark Andrews? 
All right. Give us Mark Andrews, please. Mark Andrews is being faded, in my opinion. I'm seeing so many discussions about, oh, Mark Andrews, he can't produce. He's not he's not worthwhile anymore. And I think that's just because of the whole Lamar discussion, too. The, the more people talk about how Lamar can't throw, the less faith we have in the tight ends and receivers. So I am still high on Mark Andrews. He's a pro bowler from 2019. It's not like 10 years ago or anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's still producing. He's he's Mark Andrews. He's Mandrews. 12 yards <laughs> per carry, seven touchdowns. Um, he's clutch. He's clutch for the team. I agree. And he had the he led the team in yards per um yards per game with 50. But again, that number is good for his team. Terrible <laughs> overall in the NFL to lead your team with, you know, yards per game with only 50 is quite rough, unfortunately. Um, now, even if he again, leads the team, the, the passing offense ranked last in the NFL, again, just that 171 yards per game. So I think that goes up. It, it, the Ravens are a very, very good team, but like the chiefs, or I'm excuse me, like the Titans, they are very, very good at what they do, but not good enough to get past the Chiefs and maybe even the Buffalo Bills at this point, who are better all-around squads. So in my opinion, the Ravens have tried to do what the Ravens do for two years, and they've come up short. They need to – look, even if – Lamar is surprisingly accurate, too, with the way he throws and things. So he doesn't throw a lot of picks. He's not careless, and of course he can run the ball. They have to – that number has to get up to 220 attempts minimum. I mean, you know, like it just, it, it seems so silly that their passing is, and look, Greg Roman, who's the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, he was with my Niners forever with Colin Kaepernick and everybody else. I know the scheme with Roman and look, it took us to Super Bowl too. It works, but the NFL is changing quickly and Greg Roman style football, although it is effective for 14 out of 16 games, when you play the best of the best in the playoffs, especially deep in the playoffs, they can figure you out and they can corner you in if Lamar can't take the top off. They're going to have to try to do that to get to the next step. If they don't, they're just frankly not, unfortunately, going to get over the hump, in my opinion, even with the great defense and run game and all those other things. So they're going to have to make some changes there. And Mark right. Andrews can definitely be a big threat. But with the limited workload in the pass game, it concerns me with all of these pass catchers, regardless of who they are. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the key is getting more passes. The more passes, uh, the more we're going to see these talented players really break out and really do what they're there to do. And I have no doubt that Mark Andrews can do that. Um, then we've got Nick Boyle, who I feel like his primary role is going to be blocking. He needs right. to be blocking so that Andrews can catch. However, he was just put on the pup list again yeah. uh, for that dang knee. So, I think that's more just a lot of the pup list stuff right now in middle July, late, or, you know, I should say early August, is um, a lot of that stuff I think is just kind of precautionary for now. 
and it's veterans. If you see a rookie on the pup list or something like that, like that's bad news because they're not getting the work. They're not getting the work in. Uh, Nick Boyle's been around a long time. He knows the scheme. He's primarily a blocking tight end, as you mentioned. Amari Cooper, uh, Saquon Barkley. You know these guys that are on the pup list. Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots. They know the scheme. They know what they're doing. They're trying to get healthy for day one. I'm not as concerned today. Now, if we get to like third week of August and they're still on the pup list and they're not looking for week one, clearly that's a problem. But I well, think we will will be okay there with I mean, Nick Boyle and overall from, the Ravens. Yeah, coming back from injury, it's not easy. Two knee injuries, two season-ending knee injuries, right. and you're going to try and rely on him to block. I think it is precautionary. It's just also scary when that's yep. pretty much the depth of your tight end. So. Absolutely. And let's not forget that when Hayden Hurst was there and they were both rookies, Mark Andrews was just fine as well. So it, it seemed to be, even with Hayden Hurst, there, Mark, who was drafted before Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews is still getting the work. So we know that Lamar Jackson wants him in the red zone. Rashad Bateman, another big body, and they didn't have another big body outside of um, uh, Mark Andrews last right. season that they could rely on. So I think the Ravens take another step. Brett, any final thoughts here on the Ravens, Mark Andrews, or otherwise before we move on to your Browns? Um, Andrews is probably the best tight end in the division. I have to hold my hands up and say that. I <laughs> he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL currently in terms of fantasy standpoint and from just an actual, like a just a standpoint of the neutral, just looking at it. Um, I think the overall, there's a sort of over-reliance on Andrew. So they've got to bring in like Hollywood and uh, Bateman and potentially Watkins into the offense to make it a bit more dynamic. Um, because if like, uh, Sky said, if teams figure them out, they can get cornered quickly and they'll be sussed out and they'll be shut down. But if they have that dynamic like offense, so they can either like kill you with the ground game or take it over, take over the secondary in, in the air, then you should be all right. I will say, Sky, that the Ravens have also improved their O-line, so that could help with the passing it just give lamar time to pass hopefully yeah that's that's, that's a scary offensive line it is and it i'm glad that they made that made the uh upgrades because frankly you know when the season ended um and they made a couple of trades i was actually a bit concerned that they were not um, not looking good for 2021, but they have, have patched some holes and I think they're going to be just fine. And again, Lamar Jackson is just such a, such a difference maker that, that defenses, you know, have to key on him clearly, which opens up the pass game and the rushing as well. All right. Any final thoughts on the Ravens overall, before we move on to the Browns, go Ravens, go Ravens, <laughs> go Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, uh, the Ravens are my, uh, are my, uh, better halves favorite team um her favorite color is purple spirit animal is the ravens therefore the ravens and justin tucker is her uh, favorite player so there you go also fun fact and i say this all the time i don't know how many people know this but whenever we we rep the rare kicker mention in fantasy football justin tucker also sings opera in seven yeah. different languages so not only is he incredible uh kicker but he is incredible musician and talent overall and he's on my short list of nfl players i would love to uh sit down and have a meal with in a conversation okay brett you have been patiently waiting 
And Kelly, thank you for the breakdowns on the Ravens. Brett, we're going to turn over to you now, my man. Let's start up at the top here and get down with the Browns. We'll start up at the top with Baker Mayfield coming in. You know, again, excellent rookie season, broke all the records with Peyton Manning, everything else. Kind of a, a down season comparatively last year. Excuse me. Bump my microphone there. And my boy Justin Herbert came in and bumped all of his records out of the way for uh, the rookie season. But again, we only had Odell Beckham for a couple of weeks. Uh, Nick Chubb went down for five games. A lot of young wide receivers are popping around. First year of Kevin Stefanski. What do you expect here with the Browns in year two uh, of, of Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield here bouncing back after somewhat of a down season in 2020? Um, I mean, the 2018 season was like euphoria at the time. It was just like, we started to throw Taylor and then Baker came in. It was, we found the quarterback that we've been looking for for so long. For like 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. The Freddie Kitchens era, we don't talk about those 16 games. We do not talk about it. Um, last year it was, it was pretty solid. I think. First half of the season with Odell, I think, in and some games he did try to force it with him. But I think when Odell went down, um, it was a lot more relaxed. And it went back to like his first year. He was uh, like slinging ball with confidence. He was moving it about to every single receiver. Landry was getting touches. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Rashad getting touches. Uh, Donovan's People's Jones won the game against the Bengals. And even in the game where all the top four receivers went down, I think it was the Jets in week 16. Uh, Marvin Jones. Oh, was it Marvin Jones or Marvin Hall? Sorry. Marvin Hall. Marvin Hall. Um, yeah, you're spreading out. I hope it's more of the same this year. So. I agree. Any specifics on Baker Mayfield? I can uh, let the listeners know that over the second half of the season, uh, Baker played much better. He had 7.8 yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, just one interception. Um, so he played much better down the stretch when he started figuring out Kevin Stefanski. And, you know, my co-host Bobby Lamarco talks about this all the time. It's all about continuity. So in year two of an offense with a quarterback, you see tremendous um, progression with the quarterback specifically and the offense overall. So I do expect that with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham coming back here let's see if we can um you know look at again another hopefully it's it's uh it's not going to be pass heavy like the ravens the browns are going to be run first and then work off the play action but as we see in tennessee and san francisco um that could be very effective if the quarterback can handle that and i think baker was humbled a little bit in year two where it was like look man you came out guns a blazing you were dominant whatever made the playoffs turned the franchise around all those things but the reality is like you're not the focal point of this offense the run game is the offensive line is the defense is and that's what kevin stefanski wants to do which was very successful in tennessee with ryan Tannehill, derrick henry and the crew so baker i think got a little humble pie and was like all right man you're not the focal point to stop kind of presenting yourself that way and getting down. If you have a bad game or whatever, it's not about you. We're hoping in a good case scenario, like Jimmy Garoppolo with the Niners, we're hoping Jimmy only throws 18 passes a game because that means our run game is dominant. Our defense is dominant. That's the kind of game we want to play. That's what Ryan Tannehill does. And the Titans are dominant. So if we can keep that for Baker, I think he's going to be 
just fine. Um, Kelly, any thoughts on Baker Mayfield specifically before we move on to the running backs of the Browns? I'm kind of proud of Baker for improving upon <laughs> his <laughs> improving upon his passing. I mean, he was known for having a lot of interceptions, and we didn't see that last year. So hopefully that continues for him and um keep it up, big guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it uh it is interesting. I I do expect a big a big jump for him. Last year, I'll be honest, heading into 2020, I had um, Baker Mayfield. I think my quarterback six or so, um, which you know the hype was real on Baker last year after a rookie season, and then um, the reality is it just that clearly did not come to fruition. So we'll see what happens. But I think you know he's going as a back end QB two right now, almost a QB three. And if that happens, I really do think that he can seriously outperform that ADP. So he might be a quarterback sleeper, even with lower volume, but more efficiency, uh, potentially. Uh, let's turn on to the running backs here, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Brett, um, we know that Ch Chubb is the main dog. Uh, Kareem Hunt stepped in for him for five games last year. Played very well, obviously, but I was kind of surprised that he didn't become quote-unquote Nick Chubb like we all thought his efficiency actually went down a little bit because he was the focal back we saw him with Kansas City he could definitely be a number one um, incredible rookie season in 2017 but I mean are you comfortable first of all with drafting Nick Chubb um, in the first round and then would you be taking that super high-end RB2 slash handcuff with Kareem Hunt in like the fifth or sixth round on the same team Last year, I did that in my home league. I drafted Chubb first and then Kareem Hunt like the fifth round, and it worked out. I ended up winning the league. Um, but are you going to take Hunt if you end up drafting Nick Chubb, or do you think this is kind of Chubb, you know, Chubb's, uh, Chubb's team to rule? I would be of the – I don't think it's Chubb's team to rule. I think it's like last year, the Chubb-Hunt tandem, I th think, works really well especially when Chubb went down with um, injury for those five games. Hmm. Uh, I, w I would love to draft uh, Nick Chubb in any league because a lot of people would say, oh, he's not one of the best, better fantasy running backs, but I I'd put him up there for 2021. He's going to bounce yeah. back from injury. I hope he plays all 17 games. And Kareem Hunt backing him up, it's a very solid full like a sec like a safety blanket for if you draft Chubb you've got Kareem Hunt to rely on to pick up the slack and he would pick up the slack very very well. But, I agree. And he has uh, the passing he has the pass catching upside that Nick Chubb doesn't necessarily have. And Chubb's a great pass catcher. They just don't use him in that role. So when Kareem Hunt comes in, he does have that pass catching role which obviously helps in half and full PPR, Nick Chubb averaged 106.8 scrimmage yards over the last two seasons, and last year ran for six yards per carry. As far as elusiveness, yards per game, yards per carry, uh, every metric you want from a pure running back, Nick Chubb is absolutely up there with Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, CMC, Dalvin Cook, whoever you want to mention as a true running back. Alvin Kamara is special for fantasy, but he's kind of a you know, all around more of a wide receiver too. So I wouldn't put him in that necessarily in that category, but Nick Chubb is absolutely special. And, and Kareem Hunt goes as an RB2 right now in that quote unquote RB dead zone. But of all those other, you know, um, I don't know, like, you know, the James Connors, even the Chase Edmonds, 
you know, uh, Chris Carson, I think I would take ahead of him, but you know, Deandre Swift guys, um, you know, Devin Singletary's like all these other kind of back end RB twos, RB threes, Kareem hunt is absolutely going to be the head of the pack for me there. Cause he's not just a backup. He's going to get his own work. And if Nick Chubb were to go down, uh, Kareem hunt, obviously would have that extra work. He could see 50 plus targets for sure. And get that boost again. If Nick Chubb goes out, Kelly, any thoughts on the running backs there for the Cleveland? Yeah, I was just looking at where we had ranked as far as the commission. We're working on a ranking guide right now. Um, personally, I have Chubb ranked as uh, fifth. Sorry. Nice. Get my words out. I like um, that. As a consensus, we came to seven. Um, Josh ranked him 11, but that's just Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think Josh, that settle down. <laughs> Josh, Come on, Josh. Settle down. <laughs> but I I personally um, picked Chubb uh, second round because I chose a QB first round in one of my drafts, and I was very excited about it. Yeah. So I uh, spot on with those analysis. Yeah, I like that. So and then, and, 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 oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brett. Sorry. Uh, I would have had Chubb as running back seven in fantasy as well. So I just wanted to agree with Kelly on that point. So. Nice. And in super flex leagues, you know, you're going to probably be able to bring him down in the second round. But um, if you're in single quarterback leagues, Nick Chubb's going to be a first round pick. So yeah. um, I would be comfortable with him there, though. Obviously, he takes a little bit of a tick in full PPR, but in half PPR, I don't think it matters as much. And if you're somehow still playing non PPR, I would argue Nick Chubb is, I mean, it's probably like Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, maybe Dalvin Cook. Um, so Nick Chubb's a top five pick overall, if you're a non PPR, in my opinion. Okay. Let's move on to the wide receivers here. And then we'll get into tight end discussion. If there is one in Cleveland, um, Odell Beckham again, missed a handful of games once again, but I think the, uh, the hate on OBJ overall and the discredit for him being injury prone and all this stuff has gone a little bit far this year. I know he's been injured for the majority of the last few seasons, I get it. Um, and he was not effective as much even on the field the last two years. However, the type of injuries that he's having are, I don't want to use fluke because fluke is kind of a weird word in regards to injuries, but he got hurt on a tackle on an interception, very rare situation to even be in and tore his ACL and he was out. Camp reports, and I don't want to get too much into coaches speak or preseason hype videos because everybody looks great right now. But seeing Odell Beckham running at top speed on treadmills currently after an ACL injury is obviously very good news. And it's good to see that with my eyes versus just seeing a report for a reporter for Cleveland say he's been running and he looks great. Like fire him up. I've seen it with my eyes. He looks good. And again, like Baker. What made the Browns special a couple years ago is they started getting some swagger and some cockiness, which the Browns have not had forever. And they got a little momentum and like, all right, we could do this. And Miles Garrett on the back end and blah, blah, blah. Des Ward. But now I think all those guys, well, at least Baker and OBJ, in my opinion, had a little bit of humble pie again. So I think they're kind of like, all right, let's like slow our personal agendas. Let's do what's best for the team. Odell Beckham going out there. He paired up with his man Landry and they couldn't play together last year. I see that bouncing back. And with him going right now as wide receiver 26, in my opinion, is an absolute steal. 
if you were able to get him, in my opinion, like our wide receiver 18 with his upside, that's a steal. He's going a full round later than that. Um, I'm all about Odell Beckham in the what sixth round or whatever he's going in seventh round. He's probably your RB or your wide receiver three at that point. You've got a couple wide receivers, maybe even a quarterback and tight end. He still has top 10 minimum upside, in my opinion. Game-changing ability. Last year, we saw in the one game against the uh, Dallas Cowboys, him go off, right? And have even a, uh, even had that reverse down the sideline there, um, which was dominant. So I just want to kind of take a stand for Odell Beckham um, that I think it's gone a little bit too far. Uh, Brett, do you agree with me um, that we could see a bounce back from him? Or are you worried about these injuries and everything else? And then how do you feel about Jarvis Landry? Well, I mean, I think Landry, like in terms of how the passing game is structured with the wide receivers, I think Landry is a clear wide receiver one because of what's happened to Odell Beckham in the past two seasons. Bounce back. I, I do want to bounce back, obviously. I think he will bounce back, but the past two seasons have made me a little worried. And obviously what you said, he did get humbled a lot during the 2019 season and during the 2020 season. The ACL injury was so unlucky, but it, I I think it was, I don't want, I don't want to sound like a very, very like poor Browns fan, but it kind of helped us in a way. Because at that point, I think OJ was still in the mentality of, I'm the guy, I need the most ball, I need right. the most targets, I need the most receptions, please feed me the ball, Baker. And he wasn't getting that, and I think he was getting a little more unhappy. So I think if the bounce back's to happen, I think he has to like take a step back and go, okay, I may not be the guy, I've got to turn it down a bit, and I've got to just show what I can do on the field. And what you said about him being like a late round, like a later round steal, I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with. I think he'll yeah. be falling into that wide receiver two, late wide receiver two, early wide receiver three bracket. Um, I'd, but yeah, Landry is clear wide receiver one on that team. Wow, I think <clears throat> I think that's a surprising take, and I don't disagree with you necessarily because OBJ has to prove himself on the Browns. But overall, I think they brought. Odell in to be the number one with Landry to be the number two. And that hasn't quite happened yet. So I agree with you there. Kelly, your thoughts on the uh, Browns wide receivers. I actually am on board with that take. We have him ranked OBJ 30 Landry 31. Mm. Uh, So it's probably very low as far as Brett's thinking or maybe anybody else is thinking. No, but the only thing I would have said is probably Go on, sorry. Sorry, Kelly. No, I was just going to say it seems like they're really going to battle it out. Who's going to be the the top wide receiver? Yeah, I, th- I think this season will be that. And I think if it, if it gets a bit too far in terms of like a personal vendetta, I don't think it will get to that, but anything could happen. If it becomes like personal between them, then I think they should just, I think front office will have to step in and go, stop team game not personal game and again i think that is going to be the case just because you know the the odell was obviously the focal point of the giants for many years with eli manning and he dominated um but he's not he's behind he's behind the run game 
two running backs, you know, and kind of small ball, play defense, control the clock. And then you're right, Landry may be the number one. And Baker Mayfield loves the tight ends in the red zone at least. A third of Baker Mayfield's touchdowns in his career have gone to the tight end position in general there. Odell Beckham has had at least 1,000 yards in every season he's played 12 games. So if he can give us 12 games, (laughs) chances are he'll have some boom games and he'll get over 1,000 yards. Now it really is – health is number one, but if he plays, you know, 12 to 15 of these 17 games, he should have about 80 receptions, probably 1,100 yards, and maybe, you know, eight touchdowns or something like that. That's going to make him a wide receiver too, at least. And weekly, although he may have, you know, four catches for 26 yards on the Browns, he could have some bust weeks, but he's also going to have some boom weeks um, as well because if he's got the speed and the health and the strength, he can still take a slant to the house. He can catch the deep bombs as we know. And Baker doesn't throw much with Stefanski, but he is accurate. And he's he's accurate down the field and, and over the middle as well. So I am a team OBJ this year. I think I'm going to take one more ride <laughs> with Odell. And this year, what I think is best this year is it's sixth, seventh round draft capital. Last year, I was like, I'm going after it. And it was like third round draft capital. And then he busted and it burned you. This year, it's like half the guys you draft in the sixth or seventh round at any position anyway are – maybe not going to pan out. So why not take a guy that could literally be a a league winner if he stays healthy for these 15 games plus or whatever there. And Landry always under uh, out produces his ADP Um, in every single season. Jarvis Landry since 2014, every season he's played, he has outproduced his going into the season ADP average draft position, except for two. He was hurt one season and then last year. But other than that, he has outproduced his ADP for Jarvis Sanji. So he's not an incredible pick, but he's a great look. He's going to get you six catches a week, 60 yards, the occasional touchdown or two. And when he goes off, he's going to obviously return value there too. So a great wide receiver three, and you're probably drafting him as a wide receiver four or five, even depending on his draft capital. So I like that a lot. Any, uh, any nuggets on the tight end position, Brett, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Um, any, you know, anybody you're excited about, I see the Njoku behind you. I'm a big Njoku fan. My concern is he's not the guy in Cleveland. I can't wait for him to leave Cleveland because I think he'll be dominant somewhere else. But in anything to anything to mention about the tight end position before we get out of here? I was expecting an Njoku trade for uh, during the 2021 draft. I thought he'd go to a team like the Bills or maybe the Jaguars, mm-hmm. something like that, just just for a late late round pick. But that didn't happen. Um, Austin Hooper, yeah, he, he kind of like felt flat for me during 2020. Um, Harrison Bryant was an absolute revelation. Uh, he's a beast, season. he was unbelievable, especially in the red zone and in the touch, mm-hmm. uh, getting touchdowns. He was mm-hmm. at one point, I think he was uh, Baker's favorite weapon for at least a stretch of three or four weeks. Mm-hmm, I agree, but um. Yeah, I think Hooper has to improve massively on what he because the contract he signed is a fair, was it I think it was fairly large. I don't remember the exact details of it, unfortunately. But I think he has to improve and step up his game this season. Otherwise, I think he could lose the starting role maybe to Harrison Bryant. I think mm-hmm. Njoku has not played his last game. 
but I do hope he gets traded for his sake because he could be very, very good and very I, dominant elsewhere. I agree. And uh, the Austin Hooper trade, when they signed him for the contract they did, it was baffling to me. First of all, I didn't think he was that good in Atlanta. Um, I mean, he's fine. He's a good NFL tight end, but not worth the money they paid him in Cleveland. And then they still had David Njoku, who's – I think he's like Eric Ebron. He like just hasn't come out of his shell yet. We saw Ebron kind of, quote-unquote, bust in Detroit, went to Indianapolis. They actually used him, and he was the best tight end in football. Like, I just – David Njoku yeah. is going to be a beast somewhere else next year. I, or this year, maybe they have, you know, trade deadline or whatever. So I like David Njoku a lot. Um, Harrison Bryant, I think, will be the number one before too long. And Austin Hooper's the fifth highest tight end fifth highest paid tight end in the NFL. And if you were to ask anybody to, to, to name their top 20 tight ends in the NFL, 20 out of 32, I almost guarantee you Austin Hooper is not going to be on anybody's list of the top 20 for regular football or fantasy football. And he's the fifth highest paid tight end in the NFL. Um, it, just, it was a baffling move to me. And we know Kevin Stefanski loves the tight end position in general, uh, with Delaney Walker for years and, and John Smith and things in Tennessee, but they're okay in the red zone, but they're not moving the needle much for fantasy football. So Harrison Bryant is a dynasty stash for me. If you have a free free square in, in on your bench in dynasty, maybe David and Joku just in case something happens, but I have no interest at all in Austin Hooper period. I think, yeah, like I think Austin Hooper has to get a lot like significantly step up because um well i think we the jets game i always go back to the jets game uh where we lost all the receivers and he just wasn't there or like he just wasn't performing and i know the whole team was like down a bit but and you thought oh or the top four receivers are gone run the ball but stefanski didn't and he just uh, just kept calling the place of Baker to the tight end. And whilst he did produce a little, he didn't produce that much. Mm. And it, I think that cost us in the long run of that game. And I think Hooper could fall to tight end too if, before long. If, if Brian continues how he did last year. Yeah. And I think, I think Bryant will Kelly, any thoughts on the tight end, uh, fiasco in, in Cleveland. No, you guys did a great job covering it. I was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> Good discussion. Yeah, I, I have – I just – the Browns are the Browns are fun. And actually, um, I know it's cool now because they're good again. Uh, but it's been fun watching the Browns turn this franchise around. Um, and obviously, I got the hat. I'm rooting for them. Uh, and – they're fun to watch, and if Baker can keep his mouth shut and and play ball, he's he's a beast. Um, Odo Beckham, same thing. Chubb is arguably my favorite running back in the NFL. Um, Kareem Hunt as a football player, uh, I'm excited to watch as well. Um, and then Jarvis Landry is just one of those dudes who's kind of the unsung hero every single season um, who's outperforming all of his expectations and getting it done. And again, I definitely agree that Harrison Bryant is the best currently on the team. David Njoku moves on. They just don't need three, and they could get something back for him, you know, six-round pick or something. And then uh, Austin Hooper, I think, is just like a good guy to have on your squad, but overpaid, <laughs> in my opinion, for for what they're actually using him for. 
uh, unfortunately. See, I think so that was the same day that they signed the Jack Conklin um, mm-hmm. deal. And it was all a bit like, oh, we signed Jack Conklin. We've got a very good tackle. And it was like, how much did you pay Hooper? Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, uh, oops. Uh, but I will say, man, for the Browns and the Ravens, the Ravens lost a few pieces, but they're still the Ravens' defense. The Browns gained a few pieces on an ascending defense. Uh, man, Big Ben and, and Joe Burrow were in trouble. That's all I'm saying, because <laughs> both of these teams are awesome offensively and excellent defensively. And if the Steelers take a step back this year, which we saw last year at the end, and if the, the yeah, Bengals aren't quite ready for it in general, they could be in trouble. All right, before we sign off here, uh, any final thoughts? Um, Brett, we can start with you. Any final thoughts? If not, no worries, and then we'll get into Kelly and we'll get out of here. Um, well, I mean, not really. Um, I just think uh, Davon Clowney signing baffles. Uh, but he should be like good – I'd say mentor for yep. Miles Garrett. And I think Miles Garrett will become like defense player of the year in that conversation. Um, offensive line, another year, another year together and uh, Browns to the Super Bowl. Boom. Kelly, how about you? Well, first of all, I really appreciate you asking me to be here. This is, Definitely out of my comfort zone in a sense that I don't consider myself an analyst, um, but I do love the Ravens. Um, so fun to talk about them. I think out of all the regular season games, probably the Browns and the Chiefs, I think are the two that will be the biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really fun to hear uh, what Brett had to say about the Browns and, and banter a little bit. Awesome. Well, Kelly, I, it's, it's a pleasure to have you in. Go ahead, Brett. I would also like to add that I'm very much looking forward to the Ravens games against the Browns. I'm so hyped for those two games. They're going to be blockbuster television. Agreed. Brett, have you been have you been to any games in London? Um. Well, I've I've got. Hang on. I've been to three. I went to the Chargers at the Titans in 2018. Uh, the last second two-point conversion that failed from the Titans, and then mm-hmm. the two Wembley games in 2019, and then I went to America to watch um, the Dolphins at the Patriots final week of 2019. Oh, cool. That was a, that was a heck of a game, too. Absolutely. And yeah, th- this jersey was worn in the middle of 65,000 <laughs> New England fans at Gillette. A very, very cold Gillette. Well, way to, so, way to rep, man. Way to rep. Yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you had fun, and hopefully uh, just, hopefully you'll come back over across the pond and, and find a, a Cleveland game someday. <laughs> Kelly, why don't you sign us out a little bit? We got some uh, – just some some glitch. We're across the pond. We're, we're – uh, eight hour time difference here with the, with the UK and uh, everything else. So we got the Wi-Fi signal glitching up a little bit, not a worry. Kelly, why don't you let us know where we can find all of your work. And of course you are uh, a part of the esteemed commish brand these days. So I would love for you to rep the boys. And uh, again, everybody 
on the TCK pod is very familiar with the, with the commish crew. We've had everybody on at this point, and I'm so excited to have you on finally as well. You've done some great work, not only with writing, but also on the mic finally. And you know what? You're doing excellent. And I encourage you to keep it up, follow your passion. You're really good at this and uh, you'll find your voice and comfortability here shortly. So keep it up and please let all the TCK potters know where they can find your articles and other work. Thank you. You're very sweet. Um, you can find my articles, which are, as I mentioned, kind of lifestyle pieces, how to throw a fun party, how to um, choose the app that works best for you. And right now I'm working on a very fun beer pairings article, which should launch here in the next week. So that's really kind of the content I cover at thecommishbrand.com. And I'm hoping to make more podcast appearances because it has been really fun. Awesome. Oh, we're also going to be at the expo. We have a booth, the commission nice. crew. Yep. So you can stop by. I will be your booth gal. Come and say hello. Excellent. Which is in Canton, Ohio, which is just south of Cleveland, Ohio, by a little bit. So it'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you go check out Kelly at Kelly in Phoenix on Twitter. Excellent follow. Uh, and you're blowing up, girl. I got to say, uh, it's it's fun to watch your growth happening. Um, I know you're sweet and humble about it, but uh, as an outsider, I will rep you. Uh, you're crushing it. Well done. And uh, the boys are the boys are happy to have you. And I know they're very supportive of you as well. Brett, my man, please rep the uh, Quick Snap crew and what you're doing in the UK. And uh, let us know where we can find your work as well, man. Um, Scott, Ari, Tom, myself do a podcast uh, currently recovering all the um, divisions we're doing re uh, regular season previews um, shout out to Ari for maybe getting slandered on Instagram about his picks for <laughs> a couple of the teams um, other than that we've got a great set of guys and gals uh, working behind the scenes for the quick snap if you want to find us quick snap UK on Instagram uh, type in quick snap on Twitter we've also got a website we do a few articles uh, should have a couple coming out on college football and yeah can't wait for 2021 um yeah that's that's all i have to say really awesome um, man brett it's been a, it's been a pleasure brother thank you for making time again you know we have an eight hour time difference for me i'm on the west coast of the united states and uh well kelly is too as well i guess um arizona's like in that is it West Coast? Is it Mountain West? Like it's always, uh, but we're we're far away, is what I'm saying. We're eight hours behind you, um, and I'm just uh, so pleased to have you on, Brett. Thank you for making your debut. Uh, give my love to the boys too. It's been a while since we have had Ari and time on. We'll have to get Scott on as well and and reunite with you guys. But uh, the, the TCK Potters will go follow at the Quick Snap UK on IG. Follow them on Twitter as well, and of course you can find. Kelly Singh as well at Kelly in Phoenix. Find all of her articles on the commissbrand.com. Y'all know about the commish crew and we'll get everybody back on once again, ASAP. I want to give a shout out to the Ravens and the Browns. We'll be covering, of course, the rest of the AFC North with the not so bungles and Steelers coming up as well. So it's been a pleasure. I want to give a shout out to my friends and two uh, debuts here on the TCK pod. Brett Crowwood of the Quick Snap crew and Kelly Singh of the Kamish fantasy football team as well. So for my friends, Brett Crowwood and Kelly Singh, I am your host, Sky Guasco. We'll catch you next time. We are out of here.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.